Yeah, thank you very much, Pastor. I uh, I always feel uh, a bit fat when I get done with a service here because the pastor fills you up well, right? I, I really go away full and nourished and things to think on, and I appreciate it uh, very much. Now, I, I'll, Pastor said the book of Colossians, but the third chapter, actually, um, if I were to preach the whole book, it'd be about six months uh, would take me. I'm uh, I'm a little slower than some pastors at uh, at uh, at this. My name is Lewis L E W I S Man Warren. Many of I've met, and many we haven't, and many it's just high and so on. But I pastored for 45 years and and uh, been married 48. I have to remember that it was last Wednesday. Can't forget. Uh, till next year. And um, uh, the Lord brought me to saving faith in Himself when I was a young teenager. Uh, I was a very vile uh, young teenager. Uh, just one illustration of my life. Dad wasn't saved, neither was Mom. They both passed away without the Lord. Uh, I was the fourth of nine brought in the family. And my dad said he found me. He always had a story of where he, uh, the kids came from. He said he found me behind a rock out in the barn, behind the barn. So uh, my beginnings were, I guess, rocky. Um, then uh, coming to know Christ uh, was uh, such a change in my life by the work of Christ, certainly nothing to do with me. It changed my whole vocabulary. I often say I had to learn to talk all over as my language was uh, uh, so gross, but it was gross because I was gross without the Lord and needed Christ as Savior and uh, uh, never saw my dad pray or mom, never never went to church. I went to church, started going because uh, uh, a man in the community uh, uh, went to church and would drive by, and he, he stopped and asked if he could pick me up. <clears throat> and reluctantly, uh, word was given, because my dad liked this man, uh, that I would be allowed to go to church. And many times this man would stop, and I wasn't ready. or I went on for years anyway, and I was about the only one in the Sunday school class. And uh, uh, out of that, come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as a Savior. And uh, uh, I'm amazed of uh, what He does in a life, and a life He can change, and uh, what takes place with regard to His work and His ministry. My thoughts are to go back here to Colossians, if you would please, in chapter 3. And seeking those things which are above is our starting point in chapter 3 and verse 1. There was a page handed out, nothing that I made. You can see where it came from. And uh, I like the setup of it <clears throat> with regard to the problems at the church in Colossae. Uh, Colossae was a little church uh, uh, just to the uh, uh, east of uh, Ephesus. And uh, it was kind of out in the middle of nowhere, uh, and yet God there had a great ministry. If you study through your scriptures, uh, you'll find out many godly men came as servants out of this Colossae church and uh, went on to uh, be in service for Christ. But it gives the, the three uh, columns 
And the, the first one deals with, just speaks of the heresies that were going on, the difficulties of the day. And they're not much unlike difficulties today with regard to what uh, uh, can, uh, needs to be dealt with. And then it gives the answer to those heresies by way, of course, the Lord Jesus. And it'll give you just a quick overview with regard to um, uh, what we have before us here. I want to read the first four verses, please. I'm hoping we can get through the first 16 sometime in the next few years. Tonight, the first verse, probably. So I read from the New King James Version, Colossians 1, chapter 3 and verse 1. If, which is probably since, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. And we say, well, where? How far above? Well, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears then you also will appear with him in glory. Well, my hope is to get a little bit of, uh, of the first verse this evening hour because uh, people are regenerated, given life, born again uh, by the Spirit of God. We are a, a risen people. We've uh, risen from the deadness of sin into life, and that's illustrated, of course, through baptism by immersion. But uh, now we have no excuse but what to follow Christ. I've made excuses many times not to follow Him, but I'm without excuse when it comes to the Scriptures. I many times have followed the Lord like Peter. Remember Peter following the Lord? What did it say about him? He followed the Lord afar off. Uh, when the Lord had been arrested. And many times we're following the Lord, but we're a bit out in the distance away from Him. And uh, so in thinking, thinking down through that, we ask the question that he says in verse uh, 3, uh, for you died, so we ask the question, are you dead? To be dead with Christ carries with it resurrection with Christ which is the one genuine, uh, adequate uh, power and defense against the indulgence of the flesh, which are listed in three categories in, uh, in the rest of the chapter here, that we are those that are, have been empowered by the Lord to be able to withstand and hold off and fight against and not be involved with them. The Word of God, this which we have in our laps, this, this living book, because of it, it is not only possible, or that is not only a possibility, but in the midst of a crooked and perverse world, we can shine as lights in the world because of who Christ is in us and uh, what He has put before us here. If then, verse 1, you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. When I started Bible school back in the ancient past and was for my first time in my life taking the farm boy out of uh, 
the backside of New York State and moved him to a city. Uh, I was, uh, well, lost again. That's about what it was. But anyway, Lord, Lord had me survive that. And uh, but walking down the street one day by a church is one of those you're walking by and you just sort of see something out of the corner of your eye. And they're walking by, and I'd gotten by. And I stopped, and I said, ah, that really wasn't happening what I saw in that car. So I did one of those, you know, we'll glang around, and uh, came back by the car, and yeah, sure enough, that's that was. And uh, there in the, in the driver's seat, which scared me the most, was a man with a Bible, and he was like this with it. And so I, I knocked on the window, and Wilbur Rook was his name. And uh, he, had a, he had a sheet of paper with his notes on it. He had four words. That was his sermon. I got four pages, and I'll never. Uh, he taught me. Uh, what it is to seek those things which are above. He who could not but barely see to read had a clearer vision than I think I've ever had with those things that are above, rather than having his sight upon the things that are here. I was reminded through him from this portion of Scripture, raised together with Christ. We are those that live expectantly of the Lord's coming. I've often stood before a congregation and said honestly to them, I did not expect to be here today. Did you expect to be here tonight? Were you living expectantly with regard to the Lord's return? Raised with Him. then we'll not indeed have to worry about the battle that's before us here of that with the flesh. But the message here again is because we're resurrected with Christ, living with Him here and now, He's living in us, we are able because of Him not to have to give in to these things that are listed from verse 5 uh, and following. Uh, right now, we're resurrected people in the, this uh, very moment with regard to the glorious uh, uh, presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, made alive together with Him. When we look back to Colossians in chapter 2 at verse 12, reminds us, that we were buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God 
who raised him from the dead, and you, Colossians 2 and verse 13, and you being dead in your uh, the trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. What a glorious place we live. Let me illustrate that. If you would find the book of Romans in chapter 4 with me, please. Romans in chapter 4. Think on this illustration that we have. I appreciated the last Wednesday night that pastor actually brought in his message the introduction with regard to uh, this evening hour. either knowingly or unknowingly. Either way, it happened. And appreciate it very much. Romans chapter 4, down at verse 16. Romans 4, 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that he had prom- that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore it was accounted to him that his faith was for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. We have before us there that beautiful picture of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the picture of it all brought together with regard to Him and all that has taken place and is taking place with regard to the resurrection. And because He lives... uh, So we, by His gloriousness and the great grace, live as well, and we are able. We are able, the Scripture is putting before us in Colossians, to have 
victory over those sins that plague us and do not let loose. So we seek, we who are raised in Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting on the right hand of God. It instructs us of God's one way of being redeemed from hell and brought unto himself. When I was about 12 years old, perhaps, uh, the local uh, county men had put a load of sand or a mountain of sand. It was about 20 feet high and about 60 feet long, not far from our house. And being the uh, snotty little kid that I was without Christ and always doing something stupid, coming home one night, I just at dusk went to that sand pile. And I walked up and back down part way and across and up and back down. And then I jumped over and I went up, out, back, out, back, out, back, and up, jumped over. Now this boy was shocked the next morning when the school bus driver picked me up and we drove by the sand pile and he was a local Baptist preacher not far from where many many of our bus drivers were. They're the only ones who could handle the kids. Uh, he stopped right the bus. He just put the brakes on right in front of that sand pile and I was shocked that there was a 20 by 60 billboard, H-E-L-L. And what shocked me more was I had done it. What has shocked me more since then was that the Lord of glory died for me and I don't have to go to that literal place written in. That sign stayed a long time. And I saw it day in and day out. And a reminder. I don't know about anybody else, but it was a billboard for me. And God to begin to work in my heart and to realize the lostness and under the condemnation that I was and the need of the Lord Jesus. And since that day when God redeemed me, this ministry and task has been there, seeking those things which are above, godly things, things belonging to God, thinking on the things of God, be reminded of who he is day in and day out. To seek those things which are above, meaning godly things, heavenly things, righteous things, as over against earthly things and things that are here that so often we fill our minds and lives of uh, the things of the earth earthly as First Corinthians 15 speaks with regard to it to us. I had the wonderful privilege a few years ago of going to the nation of of Israel 
It was a great privilege to go, but even to me a greater privilege was the man who led the group by the name of David Crandall I had been brought up with. And uh, he led a group of with answers in Genesis uh, uh, in the tour that we were on. Having been brought up with David and hunted with him and worked with him and rode the bus with him and on and on and so on. Uh, I was at his house one day and I heard the first time ever the expression as he walked in the house, his house before me and his mother cried out, said, David, what on earth are you doing for God's sake on this earth? Now what am I doing for the sake of God? on this earth. What am I doing? Am I seeking those things which are above? I walked around my house and I've often threatened I'm going to get a box of stickers and on each one I'm going to write this will burn. Because we're told that aren't we in the scriptures? This will burn. This will burn. This will burn. And yet we hang on to it, the things of the earth. And we hang on to pet sins. We hang on to things that uh, have been the makeup of our lives for years and years and years, and we have not let go. Sounds like I'm advertising for that let go Items you can get, right? Sell them on let go, let go. It would be so nice to have all we do have a program from God whereby we can let go of those things we've been hanging on to for years that are dragging us back from the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that God the Holy Spirit had uh, Paul to search through his manuscripts, and, and in First Chronicles, in chapter 22 and verse 19, First Chronicles 22, 19, we have, I believe, the same as here in this place in, in, uh, to the church of Colossae, he says there, First Chronicles twenty-two nineteen. Now set your heart and your soul. I think it means your mind and your heart, your whole life. Uh, set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Set them to seek the Lord your God. You know, we see things with our eyes, and we get them into our mind, and we think on them and the things of God. And, uh, but we don't leave them just in front of our eyes. We don't just leave them in our mind. Uh, we get them down into our heart and we, we chew them over, mull them over. They convict and convince us. Then they get down into our feet and in our arms and we live them. The Word of God is not just the nice sounding stuff that ooze and ahs us. It is that of seeking things which are above so that he who is going to come 
can right now be the one receiving the glory from these vessels that he has redeemed. I like to pause and ponder on things. I like to ask, well, what, what does that mean? For many years I put out a prayer page and I called it the three P's. I said when you sit down with your Bible you need three things. You need a pen, a piece of paper, and obviously you need the parchments, the scriptures. And ask God questions. You haven't got a question God can't handle or God can't answer. So ask God ponder through things, think through things, consider things, and uh, have your heart and life examined by way of the very Word of God that uh, we have right in front of us. Since reading the Word of God is us hearing from God. Did you ever pause and just ponder that? Almighty God Himself God himself you're hearing from. And we have that great delight this evening hour of praying and God listening to us. It's amazing that anyone listens to anything anymore. I don't think my kids ever heard ten things that I told them. My wife doesn't think I hear anything she tells me. Don't tell her I said that. It, it, really, is, it really is amazing with regard to the fact I can hear, read. This is what God has said. And he don't have anything else to say to us. He said all that needs to be. And God listens to us. Who am I? Who are we that God would listen to us? But He does. When we seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting, the right hand of God. What a, what a glorious privilege prayer is. Going to His presence. Setting our mind on things above. Not on things on this earth. Our minds have been so filled with things of this earth we don't even realize it that we're under such a bombardment and a control of the things of earth. You know, the word seek, the word seek that is, comes there in verse 1, seek, seek out those things, search them out. Uh, the word seek is uh, an imperative. That is, it's vital. That's what it says. This is vital. Seek. <clears throat> if something's lost, it's vital that we seek for it. One of the pastorates God had us in uh, our 
second uh, oldest disappeared. He was two, two and a half. And we got the neighborhood looking. A small community and everyone knew everybody and each other's kids and so on. And, uh, and uh, so looking, looking, going into houses and on and on, knocking on doors. And, uh, and finally I walked way around a cemetery that was close by and over a little rise, I said, nah, I can't. over a rise, there he was. <clears throat> the world was perfect for him. He was picking flowers. Hi, Daddy. Not a thing on his mind. There wasn't a problem. But you know, we were seeking, putting everything we had into it to find him. And here to seek those things which are above. It's vital, it's, it's, it's crucial for us to do this. All important to be consistently, constantly doing and seeking those things which are above. I enjoy getting up early. I know there's something wrong with me, but I like to get up early. And always have. And many said, well, that's just because you're an old farmer. No, when I was a farm boy, I didn't want to get up. Uh, until I learned the joys of the morning and the delights of the things of the Word of God. For some reason, whatever reason, early in the morning, a delightful time with the Lord. And one of those times in the mornings of seeking out things that are above. I seldom use a devotional book, but I have a few. And and one I I often use is that of William J. It was written in 1870 called Morning Exercise. How about that for a devotional? And uh, he quotes a man who wrote many hymns that have been used in the past, Isaac Watts. I don't think anyone here knew him. He lived in 1674 to 1748. I know some got some years on him, but uh, that's back. He was a Baptist preacher, a hymn writer, a theologian. He wrote a mere 750 hymns. I've always thought I'd like to write a hymn, but I, it just don't come to me. But he was one of these men who God used to teach that not just the Psalms were beautiful songs, but you could take other portions of Scripture and make wonderful hymns that minister to our hearts and give praise back to the Lord. And so he wrote them. But here, here's a little statement that uh, he wrote He said of the Bible. He says, The testimonies of thy grace I set before my eyes. That, you know, that's taking the time to read them. Thence uh, I derive my daily strength, and there my comfort lies. Thy word is everlasting truth. How pure is every page. That holy book shall guide our youth. And well support us in our age. We who got a few years 
on us. The wells support us. We seek out through the things of the Word of God. And dig in and ask the questions. Seek those things which are above. I would direct your attention to a verse in the Psalms, Psalm number 10. We pull this a little bit together of an introduction here this evening hour. Psalm number 10 at verse 3. I wrote here in the margin of my Bible some time ago at this location, verses 3 and 4, what I do not want to be. Verse 3 says, For the wicked boasts of his heart's desire. He blesses the greedy, renounces the Lord. The wicked in his proud countenance, his face, does not, what does he not do? He does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. Pride is a great obstacle. My dad, he was probably his late 30s, came home one night and laughing, had been with some friends at a, a garage getting a truck worked on, come home laughing, and he wanted to speak to me in particular. And he said, hey, they said down at the garage, hell's not so bad anymore. You don't have to shovel coal, and you got lots of friends there. That don't sound like such a bad place. You know, it's hard to talk to your dad about hell. A year ago, this coming month, uh, not a year ago, but uh, seven years ago, this coming month of February, I went to visit him in the nursing home. His Alzheimer's had done his mind in. But I had to talk to him one more time. I shared the gospel. Great big blue eyes. Straight at me. The way he'd done other times. And other times paid no attention. And I, whether anything connected, I know not. But I left, and outside the door stood a nurse. And uh, she says, thank you. She says, that was for me. <laughs> Pride. <laughs> How it takes over, and we don't seek anything. <laughs> seek those things which are above. <clears throat> Christ is sitting. You know, when you look at that chart, just to close, you look down the left-hand side, and it lists all those 
difficulties then in the year about 63 A.D. And they are the exact same ones today. Exactly the same. When you talk to someone about Christ. We need to get our focus above. Be heavenly minded. Live as those that are alive from the dead. But also as those who are dead to the world in which we live. I'm afraid we're much too alive. to the world in which we live. We'd ask you, Father, to apply your word as need be to each one of our hearts, and we'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen.